Good morning. Welcome everyone through uh, live stream or pre-recorded, whichever one we're doing today. Um, I just want to speak hope and encouragement to each one of you. The title of this message today is Trusting God's Leadership Even When We Don't Understand. There are things going on in our world today that we don't understand, and I'm speaking to you from the epicenter of the United States, um, COVID, you know, in New York City, right here. And I'm telling you, we can still trust in God's leadership because he is faithful all the time. Amen. I just want to release that we live through Sandy. We live through 9-11. We've lived through other things in this city and the Lord sustains us. So I just want to release that again over you. Okay. So this morning, I want to speak to you a little bit more about that reset that everybody's saying it's a reset, it's a reset. But let's just break it down a little bit more. And I want you, as we're going through this message in particular, to be asking the Lord, what is it in my life? What, what is there something in my life that maybe, you, you know, I'm not fully get, getting an understanding on, but that you want me to get that attention and just focus in on you and, and see what are you trying to reset in my life? All right, so we're going to start out with Genesis chapter 11, and that's going to be, we're going to look at Abram's life. This is before he was Abraham. He was Abram, and his dad was Terah, and he had a few brothers, um, and one had passed away. So we'll read from Genesis 11, verse 27 through 32. This is the genealogy of Terah. Terah begot Abram, Abram um, Nahor, and Haran. Haran begot Lot. Haran died before his father Terah in his native land, in Ur of the Chaldeans. Then Abram and Nahor took wives. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah, and the father of Isaac. But Sarai was barren. She had no child. And Terah took his son Abram. Pay attention to this. His son dies. One of his sons dies. How devastating is that? In the midst of COVID, in the midst of different things, we're seeing some people die. But how even more devastating to see your child die, okay? And this is Lot's father that passed away. And it, his name was Haran. So Terah, who was the dad now, the grandfather of Lot, this is what he does. He took Abram, his grandson Lot, the son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, his son Abram's wife, and they went out from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to the land of Canaan, and they came to Haran and dwelt there. Okay. So the Lord was instructing him. It was kind of a reset then, too. Your son has died. I want you to move on out, out of Ur of the Chaldeans. And that was a... Um, history tells us, you know, historians tell us that that was a beautiful land. It was, um, it was like a wealthier city. It was, it, it had, you know, it was established. So you're being told to leave a place of established setting. That's, um, you know, it's it's a better land, and then almost to go and live like in tents, okay? Because it's not going to be in a city. It's going to Canaan was not a city. So they get as far as Haran. They never made it, it says, to 
Canaan, even though in verse 31, it says the intention was they were going to go to the land of Canaan and they came to Haran and dwelt there. Okay, and uh, behind me, they're going to put up a map or they're going to put up a map on the screen to just give you an idea. You could see where Ur of the Chaldeans is and they kind of go up north to uh, Haran, but they never kept following the coastline southward to go to Canaan even though that was the original intention, all right? So this is a point here. We need to go back to what is the Lord saying to do? And then you see that Terah dies. And now in chapter 12, Abram is like, okay, they grieved for their father. Now what, Lord? What do we do? And the Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country from your family. I'm reading from chapter 12, verse 1. And from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. And I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. What a beautiful promise of the Lord. And it occurred again during a reset. Sometimes after... There's like what we're going through right now and everything is on pause. It's a time to reflect and say, God, do you have me where I where you want me to be? Is there something else somewhere else I'm supposed to be or or what I'm supposed to be doing? And many times it might be going back to our first love or going back to what is the thing that the Lord called me to do in the first place? You understand? So if on this family line there was a promise to go to Canaan and it was partially fulfilled with Abram's dad, Terah. But then it was just kind of the detours happen in life. Well, we, we moved to Haran. It's a little more comfortable. It's a city. We can stay here. We don't continue to move on. So this disappointment, this time of grieving his dad and seeking the Lord, the Lord gets Abram back on course, tells him, go from your country. It's a reset. Go from your father's household again. Go again. Not just from Ur of the Chaldeans. It just now we're leaving even, we're leaving Haran and we're going to go to Canaan. Well, what's in Canaan? They live in tents in Canaan. It's more of a wilderness area. And so resets aren't always a bad thing. I want to encourage you. You know, devastation is hard. Loss, I don't want to belittle the loss that so many are feeling right now. If, you're, if your father has passed away through COVID or, or a loved one is still sick and, and overcoming this, please hear my heart. We have compassion. We pray for the healing. But we don't want anyone stuck in Haran, when the Lord has called you to go to Canaan. This is a time to seek the Lord and ask him to show us what it is. Don't lose your footing. I don't want to see anybody in the body of Christ lose their footing because of disappointment. Maybe you've lost your job or your business is faltering. I want to speak a word of courage to you that you find your footing in the Lord, you get alone with Jesus, 
You spend time with him. You encourage yourself in the Lord, and you let him speak to you. And out of that, you will come out confident and bold, knowing your next move and your next step. Okay, so let's keep um, reading in the text with Genesis 12. We'll start from verse 4. So here's Abram. He's, he's, um, he's obeying. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Could you imagine? You're on an, an excursion and a journey with the Lord at 75. 75 is past retirement age in the U.S. I want to just speak to all the seniors. Your time is not over. You can still go on journeys with the Lord. <laughs> then Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people with whom they had acquired in Haran, and they departed to go to the land of Canaan. So they came to the land of Canaan. Abram passed through the land to the place of Sheshem, as far as the terebinth tree of Moreh, and the Canaanites were there in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, here's the promise, to your descendants I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. And he moved from Bethel, he moved from there to the mountain east of Bethel, and he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. So Abram journeyed going on still toward the south. Okay, the promises over your life, it's very important that you don't lose your footing because it's generational. It's not just for you in the here and now. It's for your family line. It's you don't know who you're going to affect in the providence of God. Your yes to his desire for you can move mountains, can place people in positions that they need to be in. Just your yes, is it's a generational blessing. We see that. He says, I will give this to your descendants. I'm going to make you a great nation, Abram. So it's not for you. It's, this is not about selfish thinking. It's not for you. Obey him and your lineage will be blessed. Okay, so he's at 75. Don't get short-sighted. At 75, he gets up and he tells everyone with him, we're going. We're go I don't know where we're going, but we're going to go. All right? And then it says, that the, the last verse we read, verse 9, and then so they going on still toward the south. Um, other versions, that's the New King James, other versions say the Negev. The south of Canaan is the Negev, which is a desert. It's a desert. I don't know why he left Canaan and went further south, but that's what he did. And then verse 10, now there was a famine in the land, and Abram went down to Egypt to dwell there, for the famine was severe in the land. And it came to pass when he was close to entering Egypt that he said to Sarai, his wife, indeed, I know that you're a woman of beautiful countenance. Therefore, it will happen when the Egyptians see you that they will say, this is his wife, and they will kill me but they will let you live. Please say you're my sister, that it may be well with me for your sake and that I may live because of you. Okay, you know it's not going to have a good ending, right? 
<laughs> not if you're telling your wife to lie, you know, to keep you alive. That's just it's not it's not a great way to go. But God, God has a way of redeeming even our mistakes, our shortcomings, our shortfalls, as long as we still have that yes in our heart, I'm speaking to you today. He will redeem even that. And he did it in this story. Okay. But let's just backtrack a little bit that they went, um, he took this whole clan with him and they went to the south. Of course, in the wilderness, you will find more of a famine than you would if you're not in the wilderness. So I don't know why he didn't choose to go further north again, but he went to um, Egypt. I don't even know if he consulted the Lord. And this is a thing, okay? When you are in the midst of a trial in your life that you didn't plan, all right? None of us planned COVID. The prophetic words out there were all, all going to be, this is going to be a year of 2020, insight, vision. We're going to see clearly. No one planned COVID. COVID. I'm sure he did not plan that there was going to be a famine in the land. All right. But you need to steady your heart. Steady your heart to hear what is the Lord saying for me, for my family, for my friends, for my loved ones. Do I go to Egypt or not? Don't make decisions out of fear, out of anxiety out of having to take things in control and do something with the circumstances. I mean, I, I'm speaking to myself too. We need to all tell our soul, be at peace. Be at peace. Go into our secret place with the Lord and hear from heaven and not make decisions in haste, in desperation, they can lead us to the wrong things. So if we're going to be knee-driven, we're not going to necessarily hear the Lord. I, I'm telling you that when this first broke out in New York City, my first reaction was, I'm running away. One of my sons was looking up places where my husband and I could rent far away from the city, <laughs> not even in the state, just to get out and be safe. And we know so many New Yorkers did leave the region, and I'm not, I'm not trying to say that you, they did something wrong. No, not at all. I'm so thankful that so many people found safety in their parents' homes from our community all over the nation, and, and some actually internationally. I'm so grateful that everyone is, mostly everyone is safe, and mostly everyone in our community has already recovered from the illness. Um, but what I am saying is we need to hear from God. So when it first broke out, I know for us personally, I, I made all these plans. I'm leaving. I'm going out. I know uh, my son was helping us. And then I got still with the Lord. And I said, Lord, what do you want, what do you want us to do? And we live right in the heart of the city. And, and I felt him say, I want you to stay. We were all on a global fast, most of us part of that fast through Easter. Some people have decided to take it through till, um, till Pentecost, the end of May. But we need to hear from God individually for ourselves. And so I knew the Lord was telling me and from my husband, stay still, stay put. 
you need to keep releasing peace on the streets of the city, peace to the economy, peace and no fear, peace, life and not death over all of the hospitals, life. My daughter-in-law is a nurse on the front line. We have many people in this congregation that are first responders and we need to speak life over them as well and hope over them. So the important thing is, is we hear from God, okay? And it, the scripture is not clear that Abram even asked if he can go to Egypt, but he asked his wife to lie. <laughs> so thankfully, that's not what our Lord remembers, because if you, if you turn to Hebrews 11, verse 8 through 10, in spite of our man-made detours, in spite of birthing Ishmael's and all that kind of thing, God remembers Abram's faith in the Hall of Faith chapter of Hebrews and not Abram's shortcomings. And he's going to do the same over your life too. In Jesus' name, I just rebuke all those thoughts of condemnation over you, your own shortcomings that you're stuck on. That is not the Lord. The Lord looks at his children and he releases strength into you and he celebrates your victories. So Hebrews 11, 8 through 10. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of the promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. That's what God remembers. He doesn't remember that he told his wife to lie, and God thankfully saved them out of that by giving them a dream and giving Pharaoh a dream, don't touch this woman, <laughs> and then sending them out back. And then they went to Canaan. <laughs> okay. So during this time, whether you've stayed in the city or not, many, many people have either been furloughed from their jobs, have reduction of pay or lost their jobs and there's a lot of questions that you're asking you're seeing loved ones sick you don't understand what's happening and it's a global pandemic pandemic there's no nation that's not hit from this and there's a lot of questions and it's time to take those questions to the lord probably the most substantial scripture for anyone that's in the midst of a heartbreak is to find some Bible character that also themselves was in the midst of a heartbreaking situation and see how they clawed their way back into daddy's arms to hear from heaven and get an answer as to what to do. And that's David. David did that. I'm sure there's plenty others, but if we could turn to 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6 through 8. Samuel was hiding, I'm sorry, Samuel. David was hiding in the land of the Philistines because he had Saul, the king of Israel, 
hunting him down, wanting to kill him because he was jealous of him. So he and his men were not in the town that the king of Philistia had left him to be in. They went out, and then they came back. And when they came back, they found out that there were raiders that had come through and taken everything. Their children, their wives, everything that they owned, their flocks, their herds, everything. And this is one of the greatest stories of encouraging yourself in the Lord during a time of loss. Okay, so we'll read from verse 6. Then Ashish called David and said to him, Surely as the Lord lives... Whoops, I'm in the wrong one. Hello, okay. <laughs> All right, I said 30, verse 6. 1 Samuel 30, verse 6. Okay, here we go. Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. All right? Everybody's kids, they're gone. Everything's gone. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. How could you do that? You just lost everything. It's something learning to quiet yourself. You know, it's easy to make decisions when everything's great and dream with God. Oh, God, what do you say about this? And let's dream, oh, what, what do you want to do with this? And, and what should I be doing next year and tomorrow? But when things are rough, when there is huge calamity, when COVID shows up and it wasn't on your plan, can you still get alone with God and hear him? The most valuable thing you have is your connection with Jesus. It's not this prophet's connection and the next one and the next one. And it's great. We're all hearing the prophetic words of all the prophets. But there comes a time that you need to know that you know that you know for yourself and for your family. And no one else can give you that word. you got to get alone with God. I just encourage you. No matter where you are in your walk with the Lord, as a baby Christian or as somebody mature, we can never learn this enough and enough. Just go to the Lord. Do what he did. He encouraged himself in the Lord. Verse 7, then David said to Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, please bring me the ephod here to me. And Abiathar brought the ephod to David. So David inquired of the Lord. He inquired of the Lord not when he came back from a victory, not when he had another child born to him. He inquired of the Lord when his wives were gone, when his children were gone, when his own men, his best friends, wanted to kill him. That's when he inquired of the Lord. I don't want to belittle anybody's losses. In our own community, we've lost two loved ones. But we still need to inquire of the Lord. Don't lose your footing. 
There's so much more that God has for you and for your family line to not lose your footing. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, pursue, for you shall surely overtake them. Without fail, recover all. What the enemy has meant for evil, God will turn it around for the good. Stay on track. Don't go to Egypt if he didn't call you to go to Egypt. Don't sit in a pity party and say, my life is over. For all we know, that could be why Terah never made it to Canaan. He could have been grieving so much that his child had died that he never moved on with the plan and the purpose of God. There is a time to grieve and there's a time to give thanks and there's a time for everything under the sun, as Ecclesiastes says. Don't miss your time. Don't give up and be short-sighted. There are people following you. There are people looking for your example. When you get alone with God, you ask him the questions. Go to the secret place with him. Jesus, what do you say about what's going on right now? What do you say about my personal circumstances? About my vocation? Is there a relationship that you want to heal? What direction do you want me to head in? What do you say about my current living situation? Should I be pursuing this woman? Should I be in this relationship? What about my business? Do you want me to retool it? Or do you want me to shut it down? Or do you want me to start something new? Even when things don't make any sense, we need to move by faith and not emotions and feelings. We need to wait on the Lord. And in that, you will fulfill your call and you will fulfill your destiny. Now, we looked at a few Bible figures. We looked at Abram. We looked at David. And there's one more I want to look at, and that's Paul. Paul was a prisoner being taken to Rome because he knew he had to appeal before Caesar because Jesus told him, he appeared to him and said to him, you need to appeal before Caesar. I want you to go to Rome. So they put Paul on a boat to Rome from Israel. And they put a centurion in charge over him, didn't know him, had no background in the past with him. So Paul was a prisoner, but not really. <laughs> when you know that you know who you are in Christ, they can call you a slave, they can call you a prisoner, but you're not. COVID has nothing on you. You're a child of God. 
So let's look at Acts 27, verse 9. This is the story of trying to get to Rome during the season of, of it's a stormy season in the fall in that region, and, and they left a little too late. Okay, from verse 9 through 11. Now when much time had been spent and sailing was now dangerous because the fast was already over, Paul advised them, saying, Men, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo and ship, but also of our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion was more persuaded by the helmsman and the owner of the ship than by the things spoken by Paul. Okay, so... Paul's advice fell on deaf ears. He didn't have favor yet. He didn't build up. They, they di he didn't have like a, you know, the prophetic um, words and, and stuff like that. He didn't, they didn't know who he was, that he would tell them these things and that they would put much credence on it. Nonetheless, he kept praying for this whole crew and for the whole, the whole journey. And the Lord met him as he kept taking time being alone with the Lord. He kept being encountered by the Father. Okay? So he was not a victim to his circumstances. He was a victor. Let's keep going. Verse 14, but not long after, a tempestuous headwind arose called Eurocladon. It's a nor'easter in that part of the world, in the sea, in the Mediterranean Sea there. And they were tossed with the tempest in that sea. Verse 21, but after long abstinence from food, then Paul stood in the midst of them and said, men, you should have listened to me and not have sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and loss. And now I urge you to take heart for there will be no loss among you, but only of the ship. You know why he knew this? Because he spent time in the presence of the Lord. In hurricane conditions, there was peace in his soul because he knew he could go to the Father. Verse 23. For there stood by me this night an angel of the Lord to whom I belong and whom I serve, saying, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar, and indeed, God has granted you all those who sail with you. Therefore, take heart. Men, take heart. For I believe, God, that it will be just as it was told me. <laughs> the circumstances cannot dictate who a child of God is and where they're going. Have faith, trust in him, spend time with him, and you will be the person with the answers. See, crisis, it doesn't really make the person. It just reveals the cracks and reveals what's really inside of you is going to come out. And what came out of Paul was leadership. And I'm just speaking that over each one of you listening. What's coming out of you in this time is leadership, is godly leadership. 
You're going to know what to do in the hour. You are going to be solutionaries wherever you're placed. From the transit to the medical community, you will be the solutionaries to the government, to the economy. Spend time with him, and he will give you answers for the hour. Verse 21, we did 21 through 26. Take heart. There will be no loss in the ship. Verse 27, now when the 14th night had come, as we were driven up and down in the Adriatic Sea, about midnight, the sailors sensed that they were drawing near some land, and they took soundings and found it to be 20 fathoms. And when they had gone a little further, they took soundings again and found it to be 15 fathoms. Then fearing lest we should run aground on the rocks, they dropped four anchors from the stern and prayed for day to come. And as the sailors were seeking to escape from the ship, when they had let down the skiff into the sea under pretense of putting out anchors from the prow, Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. Then the soldiers cut away the ropes and skiff and let it fall off. And as day was about to dawn, Paul implored them all to take food, saying, Today is the 14th day. You have waited and continued without food and eating nothing. Therefore, I urge you to take nourishment, for this is for your survival, since not a hair will fall from your head of any of you. And when he had said these things, he took bread and gave thanks to God in the presence of them all. And when he had broken, they began to eat. And they were all encouraged and took food for themselves. Now, you see, when the going gets tough, sometimes we all want to bail. And some of the men on this ship, they wanted to bail. They figured, well, we're close enough to land. We're just going to bail out and just find our own way. But sometimes you have to, well, not all the time, you need to hear from the Lord. And the promise was given to Paul that no one's life would be lost. They would be spared if they stayed together. And now this time, <laughs> this time, the soldiers, the centurion, they're all listening to Paul. His favor has built up. He's got a proven track record in the prophetic. He's got a proven track record as a child of God, a hearing from God. And as we're closing today, I want to just tell you, okay, this year also in the Hebrew, they're saying it's the voice. You know, everyone's going to find their voice. This is the, this is the, vo you're going to have a voice if you get alone with the Lord. And your track record is going to be proven as well. When you're walking in confidence because you know what he said because you got alone with him. Your connection is strong. Be that voice. There was no playbook. They didn't know what they were going to do. They just knew they all had to stay together. This is the year of the mouth. That's what it is. This is the year of the mouth. Ha. You're going to have a mouthpiece. You walk in humility. Paul didn't flaunt himself. He walked humbly before the centurion, before the soldiers, and he gave the advice that the Lord would give him. And if they took it, 
great, they took it. But if they didn't take it, he didn't call down the wrath of God on them. He stayed faithful, walked alongside them, blessed them, was one of them. Going through the same tempest. Our neighbors are one with us. We're going through the same storm right now. You can be a voice now if you stand with the Lord. Stay on the boat and don't jump ship. Don't try to save your own soul. <laughs> it's about losing it to gain. Don't walk away prematurely from the call that God has for you. Today, I encourage you to be his mouthpiece, to get alone with him. Let the storm inside of you, I just speak peace over you right now. In Jesus' name, the peace of God over you, that he has a plan in the situation that you're in, whatever you're faced, with your loved ones, take courage. Take courage. God is with you. Amen.